let's get going. Let's let's knock it out. Yeah, it. we got uh, Gary Brecka, the biohacker, on the Never Broke Bang podcast. He's going to teach us all of his tricks. Yeah. Gary, thanks for hopping on. Of course. We're happy to have you. And, I mean, you say, like, you're not a physician. How did you... How did you learn all this stuff? Did you just learn on your own or? Well, no, not at all. I'm a human biologist. So um, my undergraduate degrees are in biology. My, my postgraduate degrees are all in human biology and neurochemistry. But uh, for 22 years, I was a mortality researcher for the insurance industry. So that means if I got five years of medical records on you and five years of demographic data, I could tell the insurance company how long you had to live to the month. So you're an actuary, you worked with the actuaries? I worked with actuaries. So everybody is on an actuarial curve. Everybody listening to this podcast is on an actuarial curve. Every human being is on an actuarial curve. Um, but what an insurance company or annuity company or reverse mortgage company wants to know is not where are you on a mortality curve. It's specifically how many more months do you have left on this earth? And so we did that with incredible accuracy. And we developed a model that allowed us to zero in on mortality, whether you were 28 years old and perfectly healthy or 82 years old and terminally ill. And the way that we did it was uh, we looked at how well your body was managing oxygen. Um, you see, all human beings leave this earth the same way, right? We all die of exactly the same thing. It's called hypoxia, lack of oxygen to the brain. But we tend to think of it as an event, right? A gunshot wound, a bus, a heart attack, a stroke. But the truth is that everybody is on a hypoxic curve, meaning <clears throat> I can look at how well your body is managing oxygen or how poorly it's managing. Oxygen. And based on that, we can not only determine the onset of, but the severity of disease and how quickly you would succumb to it. Um, the downside was that I wasn't allowed to have any contact with the patient or any contact with the treating physician. So even if I saw life-threatening drug interactions, I couldn't contact the patient uh, to warn them. So I saw a lot of, um, you know, in that industry, because I had access to medical records, blood work, genetic testing, um, demographic data, uh, I could see that, you know, the majority of what was causing people to not live longer, healthier, happier lives was what we called modifiable risk factors. Um, and these are things that you can change. Things like anemia, low vitamin D3, nutrient deficiencies, poor, poor glycemic control, you know, poor blood sugar balance, um, hormone imbalance. I mean, these things plague the population and they lead to pathology and disease that's totally unnecessary. Um, we had a saying in the mortality space that the presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. And, and truly nothing could be more impactful than that statement. So are you a big uh, proponent of like uh, yoga and, um, and meditating? Is that? Well, yoga and meditation uh, are, are phenomenal for the physiology, but I'm a huge component of EMF, pulse electromagnetic field, I'm a huge component of red light therapy, photobiomodulation. That's what you see behind me. I'm an enormous uh, proponent of uh, what's called EWAT exercise with oxygen therapy in short bursts. Anything that will oxygenate the body. You see, there's not a disease etiological pathway known to mankind, not one, um, that does not have its roots in a lack of blood oxygen, right? I mean, all cancer begins in a hypoxic environment. All science begins in a hypoxic environment. Um, you know, a lot of listeners that are on the show today um, don't have the same energy level they had two or three years ago, and they wonder what's going on. But everything that a human being perceives about energy is nothing more than oxygen in your blood. 
So when were you working this job? Sorry, go ahead, Josh. When when were you working this job when you were? Uh, So I got out of grad school and shortly after I um, got out of grad school, I went into the mortality space. um, So it seems like that was like a, like an extra degree for you. Yeah. I mean, PhD in, in, in human biology. Um, You know, the database that I had access to had, you know, almost 370 million lives. It's the, was the largest population database in the world. And if this database could see the light of day, it would permanently change the face of humanity. And I began to realize that not only were all of these risk factors modifiable, um, but eventually I, I, I couldn't separate myself from the fact that there were human beings on the other side of these spreadsheets. You know, it wasn't just data and numbers that there was, you know, a human being on the other side of the spreadsheet. And so I left that industry seven years ago and uh, started a, a wellness uh, franchise with my fiance called Streamline Medical Group. And then September of last year, we were bought by um, a real estate billionaire named Grant Cardone. Uh, he had been a patient of ours for a few years. And, you know, if you if you know Grant Cardone, if you just go back on his Instagram about four years ago, you'll see that he looked 15 years older then than he does now. Um, he doesn't look, he doesn't act, he doesn't perform like a 64-year-old man because we were able to go into 64 biomarkers in his blood, five genetic markers um, in his genes, um, and fix the nutrient deficiencies and make sure that his body wasn't deficient. You see, the other, the other fallacy that we have in, in modern medicine, in my opinion, is that you know pathology and disease rarely happens to us. It happens within us. And if you begin to deplete the human body of certain raw materials, vitamin D3, for example, adequate levels of B12, B-complex vitamins, certain amino acids, you get what appears to be pathology and disease, right? Like, for example, most, most um, you know, people have, like I said, they don't have the waking energy that they had a few years ago or they're experiencing brain fog. You know, they get a great idea in the bedroom. They walk to the kitchen and they sort of wonder what they're doing in the kitchen, <laughs> um, Um, You know, this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? They're not getting good, deep delta wave of sleep. Um, They might be um, in bed for six or eight hours, but they're not getting the deep sleep that's required to restore brain, heart, kidneys, liver, lungs, pancreas, all these organ systems that support optimal health. And so 44% of this country is on an antidepressant. I don't believe that 44% of this country is depressed. Um, You know, we define depression, in this country as an inadequate supply of serotonin. So if by definition, if you're low on serotonin, you are by definition depressed. So you would think that the, that the fix would be to raise the level of serotonin, but that's not actually what we do. We take people that are depressed and we put them on SSRIs. We put them on serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And so what this does is it just rations what little serotonin you have. So by definition, it never raises serotonin. So by definition, it never ends depression. And so um, if we understand that serotonin is a, it's a neurotransmitter, it's made in the gut, 90% of the serotonin in the body resides in the gut. If you don't have it there, you can't have it here. Um, so the fix is not, the fix is in the gut to turn the serotonin factory back on. Can we, can we, can we circle back once that you said grant? took a test with 64 biomarkers, right? He did. And then you said five of them had um, five of them were genetic markers. No. So five of these. So we use 64 biomarkers in the blood. Um, we look at glycemic control, nutrient deficiencies, hormone balance. Um, but there's a one-time test that you do. That's a genetic test. 
And what it does is it looks at the five actionable genes in the human body. And by actionable genes, I mean, if I pulled your entire genetic code, um, I would get a bunch of information, right? You have a hollow skin, you have detached earlobes, you have green eyes, but there's nothing you can do with that information, right? These five genes determine largely how all of the raw material that enters the human body, every nutrient that enters the human body is converted into its usable form. You see, there's not a single compound known to mankind, not one, that enters the human body that's used in the format that you put it in. Everything that enters the human body is converted into its usable form. And if you cannot make this conversion, then you are deficient in that nutrient. And that deficiency leads to certain conditions, right? ADD, ADHD, OCD, manic depression, bipolar, poor sleep, poor waking energy, poor response to exercise, low libido, um, you know, poor cognitive function. And so then we go searching um, usually for poisons and other things that we put into the human body to try to fix it. But the truth is we're just deficient in a raw material, right? If I start to deplete serotonin from the body, then I have a, have a significant impact on mood and emotional state. If I begin to deplete dopamine from the body, I drive addiction. If I can begin to deplete oxygen, I reduce cognitive function, waking energy, and I can't enter a deep delta wave of sleep. If I start to deplete vitamin D3. So if you give too much of something, are you going to make like crazy people? (laughs) Um, Well, the good thing is about getting behind. That's the reason why you want to get behind good biometric function. That's why you want to support healthy biophysiology, meaning healthy human function. We really have to put the faith back in mankind and back in humanity, back into the body to heal itself and repair itself. Because if you give the body the raw materials it needs, it doesn't overproduce. When you take things exogenously from outside the body and put them in, you run the risk of overproduction, right? I mean, there are ways to safely rewind your pituitary to a more youthful level of growth hormone secretion, but taking growth hormone from outside the body and putting it in can have detrimental side effects. Um, So it's usually when we take synthetic compounds from outside the body and put them in that we create these magnificent side effects. When you give the body the raw materials that it needs, it doesn't overproduce, right? When you supplement just for the sake of supplementing, you have no idea what's going on. When you supplement for deficiency, you, you have these tests, right? There, you have a, a couple tests, right? Do, do kids take these tests? Have you ever had done that with children? I mean, you want to get kids before they're pubescent, right? I mean, if you look at the level of autism, ADD and ADHD and um, behavioral disorders and learning disabilities in children right now, it's through the roof. And a lot of this comes from a simple lack of raw material. I'll give you a shining example. Um, the most common gene mutation in the world is called MTHFR. If you write that down, I won't tell you what the nickname is for that. <laughs> but it's MTHFR. And um, about 44% of the population has this gene mutation. And uh, it sounds very simple and innocuous, but it's an inability to convert folic acid into the usable form methylfolate. Right. And while that might not sound like a big deal, folic acid is the what most. Is, what does that mean? Um, so what it means is that so the most prevalent nutrient in the human diet is something called folic acid. Right. Mm-hmm. In 1993, the U.S. federal government decided we would spray the entire grain supply with the chemical folic acid. Um, by the way, folic acid, I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, it does not occur anywhere naturally in nature. 
You can't find folic acid anywhere on the surface of the earth. We make it in a laboratory. But we spray all grains, all flour, all breads, all um, white rice, white bread, white pasta, white flour is sprayed with folic acid. We don't call it sprayed with folic acid. We call it fortified or enriched. Right. So if you look at a breakfast cereal, it says fortified whole grains or enriched bleached white flour. This is just code name for sprayed with folic acid. Well, 44 percent of the population has a gene mutation that does not allow them to process folic acid. So what does this mean? It means that folic acid skyrockets and the form it converts into methylfolate is deficient. So what happens when you have a deficiency in methylfolate? You have significant neurotransmitter imbalance, right? Neurotransmitters are made in the body, right? So when you deplete the raw material that makes neurotransmitters, you have a secondary depletion in neurotransmitters. So what does this lead to? ADD, ADHD, OCD. Um, it also leads to poor attention span, lack of ability to concentrate, um, impulse, impulsive activity, and what do we feed kids before they go off to school? Pop-tarts, white bagels, um, cereals. Uh, so we pump them full of folic acid, which is like cocaine for a six-year-old. And then we wonder why it's a full-contact sport to get a kid in the car to go to school in the morning. And then we get the call home from the teacher that says, hey, you know, little Johnny can't pay attention. He's disruptive. He doesn't follow directions. Um, he doesn't complete his assignments. We need to bring in the Ritalin to fix this, right? Because modern medicine would say if the mind is racing, right? Then what we should do is put an amphetamine into the body to race the central nervous system to match the pace of the mind. And that's a really poor decision. Your focus, yeah, your focus is on the neuro, it sounds like. Is there, is there any growth aspect in there for the kids? I want to get my kid to grow faster. Yes. As a matter of fact, there is. You know, I mean, proper, you know, so when we look at these five actionable genes, the thing I love about doing that particular test, and I'm not here to pitch that test, but the thing that I like about pitch looking it. At these five genes is that, and you don't have to do it through us. You can get these tests anywhere. They're genetic tests um, that look at the methylation genes. But once you have this information, you never guess about what to supplement for the balance of your lifetime. You do this test once in your life. It's your genes. It will never change. And this is the genetic test. You do it once. It will never change forever. It will never change. And how does that test, you take it with the mouth? You take a cheek swab, you take a Q-tip, you rub it on the inside of your cheek, put it in a little test tube, FedEx it to the lab. A couple of days later, the results come back and it says, these are the genes that you have that are broken. These are the genes that are working. And the genes that are broken have very specific functions. So we can, while we can't go in and fix the gene. Is everyone we, broken? <laughs> I've, I've only seen a handful of people that didn't have at least one of those genes broken. What is the most common one you see or two? MTHFR. Right. And, and what is that? That's that ties to neuro. Is that tied to? Ties to neurotransmitters. So, so what, what is that like cause brain fog or just uh, cranky, fog, crankiness or ADHD, OCD, and it also causes anxiety. I mean, so many people are plagued by anxiety. So does this, does this help make the blood have more oxygen? Is... Absolutely. So it can also help. Okay. Um, because the, remember, uh, anemia, which is low hemoglobin, right? Low red blood cell count. Anemia is a fancy word for saying low blood oxygen, right? If you are anemic, low on red blood cell count, low on hemoglobin, your body is transporting oxygen very poorly. As I start to deplete oxygen from the bloodstream, I not only get tired, but it also affects my cognitive function. So people- Is that what this test tests for, the genetic tests? 
I'm, yes. I'm doing my best to tie the conversation. Yes. So yes. this test, so the goal is to have light blood, like very oxygenated blood, correct? No doubt. The goal okay. is to not to be nutrient deficient, right? Okay. So the goal is find out what your body can break down. In other words, find out what your body can produce and what it can't, and then only supplement for that deficiency. Most of us are supplementing just for the sake of supplement. Is testosterone on that test? Testosterone is not on that test, not on the five genes, but the ability to methylate testosterone is on that test, right? Mm -hmm. So testosterone is a raw material. It gets converted into all kinds of things, free testosterone, dihydrotestosterone. So what we need to do is find out what raw materials are missing from the human body and replace them. So in other words, we pull crude oil out of the ground, but you cannot put crude oil into your gas tank, right? The car doesn't understand that fuel source. Crude oil has to be refined into gasoline so that the car can operate. Well, human beings are no different. We put all kinds of crude oil into the body, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, minerals, amino acids, um, nutrients, vitamins, but not knowing which we can convert and which we can't is the issue, right? So if your body can't make a certain conversion, we can make it for you and just supplement you with what your body cannot produce on its own. So you said that most have that MTHFR deficiency, yes. right? So how, do, how does that get solved? Um, that? You solve that by supplementing with something called methylfolate. Okay, is, is that a pill? Is that a it's pill? a capsule. It's a capsule. capsule or tablet. Um, and the same way that you would take a multivitamin, you take a multivitamin that doesn't have folic acid. It has methylfolate. Got it. I'll give you a perfect example. You know, 44% of the population has this, which means 44% of women have this. And um, about 80% of all postpartum depression is directly related to the prenatal vitamin. It has nothing to do with the pregnancy. And why is that? Because 44% of women have this gene mutation. They cannot convert folic acid into methylfolate. So prenatals are bad? Well, and prenatals with folic acid are bad, not prenatals with methylfolate. Um, ah. In other words, so, if, so they sell folic acid as a supplement, like in pill form. That's not good. Don't buy that. Is that what you're acid saying? Some completely man-made chemical. Yeah, and that's we don't want to purchase that. Well, just think, Ernie, you take folic you acid. Do you think your body was meant to be deficient in a chemical made in a laboratory? No. No, but I have purchased folic acid and I don't take it. I, somebody told me not to take it. So I stopped. I mean, but I'll give you another one. I get a lot of flack for this online from the bro science community, but it's called cyanocobalamin. It's a cyanide based form of B12. Four forms of B12 in this world. Three of them occur naturally in nature. One of them we synthesize in a lab and we make it from hydrogen cyanide. Hydrogen cyanide is a, is a flammable, acute, toxic, environmental hazard. We use hydrogen cyanide in chemical weapons. But hydrogen cyanide can be used to make B12. And it's legal in this country because we use something called single-dose toxicity. I want to be perfectly clear that a single dose of a multivitamin with, high, with cyanocobalamin or an energy drink or a protein supplement with a dose of cyanocobalamin is not harmful. It's the cumulative doses that are harmful. Mercury in low doses is not harmful either, but mercury eliminates itself very slowly from the body. So the dosages accumulate and become toxic.
So people say, well, I looked up cyanocobalamin and, and it just says right here that I'd have to take, you know, 2,500 times the dose in my, um, in my multivitamin to be toxic. Well, that's true. But what if you take that multivitamin and an energy drink and a protein supplement and you take these every day, right? And your body's not eliminating it. Nobody gets mercury poisoning from a single dose, right? Nobody gets toxicity levels from a single dose. We get toxicity from cumulative dosing. So we use the two nutrients I always tell people not to take are cyanocobalamin. Look on the back of your label. If it has this, throw it out. Um, and, and folic acid. Um, because as I mentioned, 44% of the population can't process folic acid. So I'm not saying that prenatal vitamins are bad. I'm saying that prenatal vitamins that have folic acid are bad. Because what happens if you put 1,400% of the daily allowance of folic acid into a pregnant female that cannot process it. She goes nuts and she develops postpartum depression. And then eventually the pregnancy ends and she stops taking the prenatal vitamin and the symptoms go away. So she blames it on the pregnancy, not on the vitamin. So I started taking this multivitamin. It has like an insane amount of B12 in it, I believe. Have you heard of this? And I, I, oh yeah. I just pee, I used to just pee white, clear white. And now if I take that, it is just it is as yellow as it can get, I, I, but I'm not dehydrated. It's because right. of that. I'm no. trying to get that image out of my head now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we went right down the rabbit hole. Now we're talking about his urine. So, yeah. um, but, but, uh, but do you have a sample for us, Andrew? You want to show us a I, sample I while we're pill. on here? I take it and it, it works within a few hours. It's the craziest yeah. thing. Well, B12 is a metal, right? It's the cobalt metal. You put it in the body. It's called cobalamin. The form of B12 you want to be taking is called methyl. Cobalamin. That's the form of B12 um, that's very easily absorbed and converted into other uh, uh, B12s in the body. But um, but this this vitamin is water soluble. So if you actually take too much, it spills over into the urine and turns your urine yellow. It's harmless um, because it's you know it's water soluble. It's very hard to reach a toxic dose of vitamin B12, um, and we and we do eliminate it pretty quickly. So. Um, but you want to take the methylated form of B12. You see, human beings were meant to process um, certain nutrients, but when we make them synthetically, then a lot of times the body can't process these. I'll give you a perfect example. There's a gene mutation called COMT, COMT. This is the leading cause of poor sleep in the entire population. Most people that, are, that can't sleep, if you ask them why they're not sleeping, they'll say, well, I lay down to go to bed tired. And then I can't fall asleep because my mind keeps me awake, right? I'm thinking about the most innocuous little thoughts, right? When I should be sleeping. Now I'm exhausted, but my mind is awake. My environment quiets, my mind wakes up. Why does that happen? Well, because in, in the human brain, we don't just create thought. We also dismantle thought. It's just as important to be able to create a thought as it is to be able to dismantle a thought. If I can't dismantle and degrade thought, the mind gets very clouded. We call this attention deficit disorder, but it's not an attention deficit at all. It's an attention overload disorder. It's too many windows open at the same time. People that have ADD or ADHD don't lack the ability to pay attention. They lack the ability to pay attention to so many things. And so if we, if we actually put the right amino acids, see, your hands are raised there. Yeah, that's if, me. Yeah. If you lack the right amino acid balance, then like if you... I take an Adderall, I get very slow and I yeah. can like focus on one thing at a time. People are like, oh, that's not how it works for me. I'm like, well, because you don't have it. Yeah. So why would, why would an amphetamine calm you down? Because the mind is already racing 
it's just thought after thought after thought after thought after thought is coming into the mind because I'm not degrading thought at the same rate that I'm creating. So if you take an amphetamine and speed up the nervous system to match the pace of the mind, you create some kind of equilibrium. That's actually a very poor long-term choice. Um, but you can put raw materials like amino acids, L-methionine, for example, SAM-E. These are natural amino acids that the body becomes deficient in, and it needs these to quiet the mind. Astounding things happen to mental function when you just put the raw materials into the body for it to do its job. So Does that show up on the test, that genetic test? Yes. Okay. Um, along with, so people that, I mean, that's the number one reason uh, I would say attention deficit disorder, anxiety, depression, and poor sleep are the primary reasons why um, people do the test. There's dozens of other things that it You said you could almost pinpoint when people are going to die. To the month. Did you do that for yourself? No. <laughs> what? Way too good. <laughs> Way well, too like, good. I mean, like, like, you know, like, uh, what was the movie where Tom Hanks was on the island by himself and he's crossing off the days on the calendar? Yeah. Like, no way. Passed away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I realized. Did you do it for anybody you know? Um, I've done it for one um, very well-known celebrity. Um, if you look at my Instagram, you'll probably be able to figure it out. He posted about me recently. Um, but I've done it for one one person I've shared that report with. I've done thousands of those reports, but I never. No way. Is that like the day, the month, the hour? The month, he said. The month. So did you just, in your Instagram, did you post when he's going to supposed no, to? Oh, no, no. I didn't post the actual test. Um, so do you still, you did that when you worked in insurance? And when I worked you, in insurance. And you still do that? You still? No, I, I it's, um. I mean, that was a very unfulfilling career, you know, because I couldn't have any contact with the patient or any contact with the treating physician, because I'm not a physician, I'm a human biologist. Um, so I understand why they put those guardrails up. Uh, it was very frustrating because not only did I realize there's human beings on the other side of these spreadsheets, I realized after 20 years of research that um, the three leading causes of early death and poor lifespan and health span both, meaning how many healthy years you have versus how many years you have. Um, were what we call modifiable risk factors. Meaning had I just been able to talk to the patient, I could have added on average seven years to their life. And, those would be good years uh, or just years? Those would be health span years. So those okay. would be healthy years, right? Um, without the decline in cognitive function, without the brittle bones, without the degradation in, in mental clarity, without the poor response to exercise, without muscle wasting, which we call sarcopenia, without all of these conditions that we've accepted, um, as just a, you know, the course of aging. I mean, most of us are walking around right now at about 55%. Most of us have forgotten what it feels like to feel normal. I mean, the most common comment that I get is, oh my God, Carrie, I feel amazing. And I say, you don't feel amazing. You feel normal. That is How do you know if you're not normal feeling? You don't. Do any of you feel good? I feel good. good. You, well, you, take, you take this test, right? You take... Yeah. This test is, is it, is there, is there a second test? I think that you have two tests or no, is there? I, I, and then I use the blood biomarkers because once you change, once you start supplementing for your genetic deficiencies, you can watch the changes in the blood. 
That's the way that you validate what you're doing, right? You see blood sugar come under control. You see something called homocysteine, one of the most inflammatory compounds in the human body start to fall. Um, you see thyroid function start to improve. You, um, you see short-term memory make a massive rebound, cognitive function, waking energy, mental clarity. These are all things that we are meant to have. I mean, God put us here to thrive, not just to be average. And most of us have accepted such an erosion of our baseline sense of normalcy that we've really forgotten what it feels like to. to so feel you, you've dug you've dug into this human body. How long can this body actually live? Oh, I have hundreds and hundreds of patients that will easily live to one forty plus. Yeah, I saw that in a report too. Yeah, I mean, there's one hundred forty. No... Well, what's the max right now? What's the well, we don't have the data to predict um, life expectancy that that far in, in the future right now. And we don't have enough 140-year-olds to... Yeah. To are they, how, what's the oldest anybody's ever lived to? Do we know? Do I want to say 119, but I don't know. I think um, but during my career, it was 119. It's probably 120, 121 right now. But, but you know, these, these tests allow us to supplement for deficiency that keeps the human body operating at a high level higher quality at an older age dr sinclair's research david sinclair out of harvard um you know some of the big are you are you, are you friends with tony robbins i'm, I'm speaking with him tomorrow nice we have yeah him people. and david sinclair they wrote that that book mm -hmm. yes tony and i are sharing the stage tomorrow at build 22 um uh in dallas so i'm, I'm in miami right now i fly to dallas tonight and then i'm speaking with Tony. How do you, how do you get into this, Gary? Like, what was your motivation to learn all this? Um, it was really the motivation to get my previous industry. I mean, I, I really, I mean, to be patently honest with you, I carried an enormous amount of guilt. I still do. Um, because I felt like had I just been able to talk to a lot of these people, I could have materially changed their so life. There wasn't like an event in your life where you're like, or someone you saw like struggle with health that like motivated you to Become this. It was actually a very specific event. Um, I was um, doing a life expectancy on a woman one day, and um, I realized that she was in the Midwest getting ready to transfer to Miami to her um, winter home. And she was transferring care between cardiologists, and the cardiologist in Miami had written a contraindicated script to the cardiologist in the Midwest. And there's a, there's a mechanism to catch this is called the MID, the Medical Information Bureau, but it's not a perfect system. It doesn't catch everything. You know, people still get narcotic scripts rewritten and things like that. So sometimes it's not perfect. And uh, I knew that as soon as she landed in Miami, she was going to go pick up the script and immediately have uh, what's called a thrombolytic event, stroke, uh, embolism, blood clot. Uh, and I went to my um, human resources director and, and told her that I was going to contact the patient and they threatened me with criminal prosecution. Um, if I can't. Why is that? Why is that like a lot of practice physicians and doctors, you just walk in and they just prescribe you and then that's it. Like there's no thorough examination, like your vitamin D levels are down stuff like that. Why is there so, it's so easy and quick to prescribe people nowadays? Well, because, um, the, you know, the whole healthcare system is designed that way, right? The whole healthcare system has a set of codes called ICD-9, 10, and 11 codes. And these are the way that physicians get paid, that insurance companies create reimbursements. So you have to work within this coded system. 
So over here is diet and lifestyle changes and things like that. And, and, and there's no mechanism for a physician to get reimbursed. There's no mechanism for it to be paid for for the patient. The patient would have to come out of pocket. So the entire system is designed around diagnosis and, you know, um, prescription. So think about, you know, the, the, all of these diseases that we say are genetically inherited diseases. Like for example, hypertension runs in families high blood pressure, um, hypothyroid runs in families, depression and anxiety run in families. Yeah. So we call these genetic diseases, yet no physician can tell you what gene carries any of those diseases. So if you think about it, if it's a genetically inherited disease, then it has to be on a gene, right? Mm -hmm. And we map the entire genome. So if I have hypothyroid because my mother had hypothyroid and my grandfather had hypothyroid, then tell me what gene they're passing on to me that's causing mm -hmm. me hypothyroid. Is, is, is this have to do with like CRISPR genome, Gary? CRISPR genome is a little different. This is where they're actually going in and trying to fix the genes or actually manipulate and change the genes. But so that's like I'm a mutation? They like a mute, make you a mutant like X-Men? Yeah. Just kind of go in and start clipping out amino acids and fixing the rungs of the ladder. But, but if I don't... If I'm in, what, what runs in families are these diseases, but it's not the disease that's being passed from generation to generation. It is the deficiency in mm. raw material. And if you put that raw material back into the human body, in many cases, that disease or pathology eviscerates, right? I mean, just most of these, most of these diseases are like, well, like three, 5% is, is, is genetic. I mean, most of it is, is environmental and what you're doing day to day. Environmental and lack of raw materials. If I deplete vitamin D3, for example, the single most important compound in the human body, right? I mean, there's hundreds of vitamins in your bloodstream right now, hundreds. You're only capable of making one. A human being only makes one vitamin. It's vitamin D3. We make it from sunlight and cholesterol. So if, if God made us with the ability to make a single vitamin, and there isn't a single cell in the entire human body that lacks a receptor for this vitamin. Just think about how important vitamin D3 is to human function. Yet 55% of the population is clinically deficient in vitamin D3. 85% of the African-American population and Latino population is clinically deficient in vitamin D3, right? Because this has to do with pigmentation. I mean, Ernie, if you and I spent the same 30 minutes in the sun, I would manufacture about 25,000 IUs of vitamin D3 you'd manufacture less than five, right? Because it has to do with the pigment of the skin. So when you have a clinical deficiency in vitamin D3 and it goes on long enough, you mimic the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. The symptoms of rheumatoid and long-term clinical deficiency in vitamin D3 are identical. Now they come, one is an autoimmune issue and one is a vitamin D3 deficiency. Do you know how many times I saw patients misdiagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis that when they only had a long-term deficiency in vitamin D3, had they just supplemented with vitamin D3, they never would have started corticosteroids, never would have had a joint replacement, never would have had early onset disease from sedentary lifestyle um, because their body was deficient in the raw material of vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 deficiency was the second leading cause of morbidity in COVID. Yeah. Right? Second leading cause of morbidity. First, you had morbid obesity and diabetes, followed by deficiency in vitamin D3. So why are we not talking about supplementing human beings with vitamin D3? You don't even have to get it from me. Just there, There's great manufacturers out there, Thorne, Pure Encapsulations. You can supplement with vitamin D3 um, and bolster the immune system and has so many other positive physiologic effects. So these I mean, are the you can go outside too. Say again? You can just go outside. Or you can go outside and get in the sun. I mean, the truth is most of us are not getting enough sun, 
right? Yeah. How much sun do you think somebody needs a day? How many what? How much time does somebody need in the sun? Like 30 minutes? 20 minutes, bare chested with no, I don't want to say no pants on, but like shorts. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about being naked and urine on the same podcast. I'm really taking those dive. Does any, does any of this help with like Alzheimer's or dementia or any, any of these? Well, I mean, think about the fact that we're one of the few civilized nations in the world that continues to call Alzheimer's and dementia, Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, I'm not, I mean. Most, most people call it what it is. Do you know what it is? No. It's type 3 diabetes. Oh. Google type 3 diabetes and you will be astounded at the amount of research. The National Library of Medicine, the National Institute of Health, the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Kellogg University, Berkeley, that, that have determined that um, Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes. It's insulin resistance in the brain. You see, the brain is so crack addicted to carbohydrates that 45% of all the carbohydrate we put in the body is used by the brain. And the brain's nasty. Whatever the brain wants, the brain gets. It's like a little Kim Jong-un of dictators sitting up there taking everything for itself, right? If it wants calcium, it'll leach it from the bones. If it wants amino acids, it'll strip it from lean muscle tissue. And if it wants sugar, it will activate a receptor called the TAS1R2 receptor on the back of your tongue and drive you to eat sugar. And it will give you a dopamine reward as a... Um, as a thank you. And so, you know, we have extreme levels of sugar addiction in this country and you can see it on this gene test, the propensity for people to have sugar addictions. And, and, you know, I, I had a funny little saying that the Bible should say that blood sugar is the root of all evil, not, not the love of money, but I'm having no, I'm having no, uh, do people do anything well, Gary, with their health nowadays? <laughs> are people doing anything good or are we all just screwed? I mean, a lot of people are doing things good. I, I don't mean to sound the alarm of doom and gloom. In fact, my message is very positive. My message is find out what you're deficient in, supplement for that deficiency, live a healthy, happy now life. The, now, these deficiencies are like things like we can't fix, they're genetic. They're genetic. You can't fix them, but you can supplement for the deficiency. So mm -hmm. if your body can't make methylfolate, take methylfolate. Well, if I wanted to make Andrew taller, I can give him some heels. <laughs> How do I get taller? Is that possible as an adult? <laughs> uh, and everybody, Grant Cardone would be working for me if I could do that. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe we're on to something. Yes. Uh, but, you know, so, so it's, you know, my message is simple. Find out what raw material the body is deficient in. Put that raw material back in and get out of it today. And just watch the cognitive function and the waking energy and the deep sleep and processing speed and response to exercise. Watch all of these things flourish. Quick, quick, let's hit on the business uh, piece for a second here. Yeah. So Grant, Grant was a client of yours and he, did he buy year out? Did he invest in you? How did that work? Um, he did both. I mean, he was so overtly generous in our acquisition. Um, he acquired us um, at a multiple of our value and then also gave us equal value in the new venture. Um, so we went from being streamlined medical group to being 10 X health um, and the 10 X health system. And, um, um, and we're in the process of opening a thousand franchises across the country. Um, we have six uh, mega centers um, under construction in LA, Arizona, Miami, um, Dallas, other parts of the country. I think we I think we've taken 390 franchise applications. We have about 58 of those underway. Um, we built a big 25,000 square foot training center in Scottsdale, Arizona with a 70 seat amphitheater where we have a mock clinic where we can bring clinical teams in for training. Um, you know, we went from six employees to 68 employees in nine months 
you know, a quarter of a million a month in revenue to 4 million a month in revenue. And wow. um, so, I mean, being acquired by Grant Cardone was like being strapped to a rocket ship while drinking from a fire hose on full blast. <laughs> <laughs> so when was that acquisition? Uh, September of uh, last oh, well, year. Just recently. So we're not even at the one year mark. Almost, right? Yeah, almost a year. Imagine where we're going to be in two years, three years. It's just my. How did you two get connected in the first place? Um, so there was a uh, uh, social media influencer named uh, Alex Morton. Um, okay. And he's uh, uh, he's, big, a mind, he's big into mindset, right? Uh, huge. Alex Morton yeah. mindset. And he, he's a gem of a human being, too. He was my partner when we started the uh, wellness franchise. Um, he believed in us early, early on when nobody else did. And we had such a positive effect in his life and his family's life that, uh, you know, he said to Grant, listen, I'll, I'll make an investment in your fund, but uh, I want you to get this blood test done and this gene test. And Grant reluctantly agreed and um, got the test done. And uh, he, he called me one day. I didn't really know who he was. I kind of heard of him. I didn't realize what a monster he was. Uh, so our first phone call was kind of, kind of funny. He was a little bit of a jerk. Uh, he's, oh, he, he's, yeah. he is kind of a jerk. Yeah. He, he got on the phone with me and, and he said, uh, you know, look, man, I, I got this test on as a favor to a friend. Um, I don't even know what you do. Uh, but before you start, I should just tell you that I have doctors hanging on trees and I got personal trainers coming out of my ass His exact words. Right. Um, and he said, so I got about 10 minutes, man. Why don't you give me your spiel? Uh, and I was like, well, that was, that was rude. Uh, so uh, I said, look, Grant, why don't, we, why don't we start by you telling me how you feel? And uh, he said, I feel great. I'm running around the world and building my empire. I feel great. Uh, and I said, well, do you mind if I tell you what I see in your labs? And he said, no, go ahead. And so I said, well, I see a man that goes to bed exhausted, but his mind keeps him up until the wee hours of the morning. So that by the time you wake up in the morning, you're more exhausted than when you went to bed. I said, Grant, I can see that you wake up sore and achy in the morning like you had a workout the night before when you haven't. And I bet it really bothers you that the soles of your feet and your ankles ache when you get out of bed first thing in the morning to take your first piss. And um, I said, I don't know anything about your love life, but libido left the building about nine months ago. And if I was to guess, the thing that bothers you most is brain fog. And he goes, what the heck do you mean dementia? I said, no, brain fog. You get a great idea in the bedroom. You walk to the kitchen. You wonder what the heck you're doing in the kitchen. And then he got really quiet. Um, and I heard him shut his office door. He took the phone off a speakerphone and he picked it up and he said, Gary, I feel like shit. Um, and I said, well, I know that. <laughs> um, and he said, can you fix it? And I said, I sure can. He said, how long will it take? And I said, about eight weeks. And he goes, listen, man, I'll do anything you say. Lotions, potions, creams, jellies, or, or injections. <laughs> I rehearsed that because that was exactly what he said. It was so funny. Lotions, potions, creams, jellies, or injections. Sounds like a Christmas vacation line. Yeah. And, um, about three and a half weeks cousin later. Eddie. Yeah, Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie would have that in his bathroom. Like the best him. line ever. Um, so about three and a half weeks later, he called the office. Um, and now I knew who he was. And I was really nervous. And um, it was funny because when they transferred the call back to my office, um, I, I was going to pick the call up and I started cleaning my desk. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? It's a phone call. <laughs> but uh, I answered the phone and he said, Gary, it's Grant Cardone. You know, what do you have me on? I feel amazing. It's like, I haven't slept in 10 years. I sleep seven hours a night now, um, like a baby. I'm chasing Elena around like a high schooler. I've got the energy of 10 men. The brain fog you talk about is gone. I'm back in the gym. I'm motivated to go back into the gym. And um, 
he said, man, your stuff works. So he said, if you can be in my office at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, uh, I'll make you a rich man. <laughs> we kept that promise. <laughs> nice. So you, t- you put him on an eight week regiment. He obviously took the genetic test. Mm-hmm. Is that, what, genetic. what else did he kind of like a rough outline? He did a blood test with 64 biomarkers and he did a genetic test. And that's it. That's it. And then you, then you, then you added on the supplements. Supplemented him for deficiency, balanced his hormones, got his blood sugar under control mm-hmm. and controlled the most inflammatory compound in the human body called homocysteine. Um, and once those markers came in line, I mean, it, go back on his Instagram. So page. you take in a client and, and, and uh, do you help walk them through that entire process or are you just doing testing? Oh no, walk them through the entire process. Gary, Gary can you tell if any of us are deficient just off this video? <laughs> well, I have seen you wander a little bit. Like you're looking around the room and I'm sure there's not a bird in there, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely a little ADHD going on in the top left corner here with Joshua. See, there he goes again. We just lost him. Um, <laughs> um, it's hard to tell deficiency just by looking at you. Um, I'm just seeing how good you are. Maybe you can just pinpoint it. Um, but you know, uh, the, the, the difference in how you feel and how you function when you just give the body the raw material it needs. I promise you this, if you have ADHD, you're not deficient in Adderall. If you have hypertension, you're not missing a beta blocker or a calcium channel blocker. If you're depressed, you're not, you don't need to have your serotonin rationed. I was depressed last week when Ernie wasn't here to help me. (laughs) Is that different? That's different. Okay. Short-term depression. Short-term depression. I mean, but these are conditions people really do suffer with. I mean, if if you know someone that suffered from anxiety, ask them these three questions, right? And I will prove to you that it's coming from their physiology linked to a gene mutation, and it's not coming from their outside environment. The first question you ask them is, have you had it on and off your entire lifetime? Their answer is going to be yes, right? So there's a first sign that it's not coming from the outside environment, um, because obviously the environment's changed since your fifth birthday. Um, the second question is, um, can you point to the specific trigger that causes it? And most of the time they'll tell you, no, I can wake up in the morning feeling anxiety. I can be driving home from work on an otherwise innocuous day and be overwhelmed with anxiety. It's very hard for me to pinpoint what's causing it. And the third thing is if they've ever tried anti-anxiety medications, do they work? Most of the time they'll say, no, it made me feel like a zombie. There's your key indication that this is coming from a deficiency in the body. It's coming from your physiology, not from your outside environment. So if you supplement to balance neurotransmitters and you supplement, we make neurotransmitters in the body. If you can't convert tryptophan to serotonin, you're deficient in serotonin, right? Um, So we take amino acids and we manufacture neurotransmitters. The neurotransmitters manufacture mood, manufacture an emotional state. Most people that have anxiety and ADD have gut issues Mm -hmm. that they think are allergies until I ask them a few questions and prove that they actually don't even have a food allergy, right? People will say, I'm allergic to wheat, corn, soy, blueberries, and uh, dairy and gluten. Okay, slow down right there. You're allergic. That would be all nine of the essential amino acids, so you'd be dead. Um, So why do you think you have these allergies? Well, sometimes when I eat corn, I blow up like a tick. Um, I go, well, can you ever eat corn and not blow up like a tick? 
yeah, sometimes I can eat corn and I'm fine. Okay, well, you're not allergic to corn, right? Allergies are not transient. Allergies are very consistent. You're not allergic to milk on Monday morning, unallergic Wednesday afternoon, and re-allergic on Saturday, right? So then what is it? Well, it's the motility of the gut. The speed of the gut is more important than its contents. The gut is like a giant conveyor belt. You put contents on it at one end when they exit the stomach, and it gets broken down all the way to the other end where it exits the rectum. And as it exits the stomach, you have very acidic contents, and you have very acidic colonized bacteria. As you exit the rectum, you have very basic content, right? So you have very basic bacteria. Um, if I accelerate things from an acidic environment, accelerate them to a basic environment, function perverts. Gas blowing constantly, irritability rampant. And I associate this with what I last ate instead of with the motility of the gut. And this is why these conditions are chronic. Gary this- can help Kanye West, it sounds like. Well, How's that? I saw well, I saw on your site you were on the Kardashians. What was that about? What? I'll just say no comment about Kanye West, but <laughs> yes, I was on the Kardashian show. You, you were? I, yeah. I haven't watched it in quite a while, but. So. Yeah. So we were on there doing um, Ivy therapies with uh, Haley Bieber and, and Kendall. Um, we didn't pay to be on that show, by the way, you're invited on the show. But, um, you know, when when you have a community of people that is suffering from things like anxiety, depression, mood imbalances, and you fix that. Yeah. Haley Bieber looks a little depressed. That <laughs> <laughs> is her, uh, uh, Justin. He's got he's got uh, drug problems, I think. Um. Well, Haley Bieber and um, I get, well, no comment on Haley. Uh, but he, Haley was on the couch that day, so I can definitely say that um, uh, you know Haley's in, in our circle of trust. Um, but the point is, when you have anxiety and depression, um, or or um, ADD or ADHD or severe OCD, and you fix that by using nothing but raw materials like amino acids and vitamins that have been methylated, broken down and other nutrients the body is deficient in. It's astounding what happens to people when you just pull that anchor up off the ground for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so the balance of my adult lifetime is, is dedicated to teaching the world about just missing raw materials in the human body. How much is this investment Gary to solve these problems? Uh, the gene test is 599 bucks. You do that once in your life. The blood test is 599 bucks. You do that. So like a thousand bucks to change your life. Do you need to do the blood one multiple times? So there's tracking on it or you want to, you know, you want to check your blood at least every six months just to look at your levels. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many of us have balance sheets for our business and we know more about our income statement. The blood, there has to be blood actually taken, right? Yeah. They draw blood twice a year. Can you figure out a way around that? Can you figure out a way around that? Well, the gene test is just a cheek swab, so. Yeah, the blood. I don't like needles, man. How do you? Oh, we we have a we have a technique called a vasovagal where you just put a pillow on the chin, turn your head away from the side, you're getting blood drawn, and it's. So Gary, for a thousand bucks, can pretty much fix almost anything. <laughs> I can turn you into a superhuman if you get that blood test and the gene test done. Um, well, how, how important is food? Because you, you talk about raw materials, but most of the foods have these raw materials. Um, see, that's that, that's where um, um, we go awry, dude. That's that's actually false. You know, the last time that we did a soil nutrient 
uh, study in this country was 1941. So if you actually look at the nutrient density of a leaf of spinach in 1941 versus today, you'd see that it's vastly depleted. So if, let's say that you want to grow spinach right? And you want to serve it to the public and you open a spinach farm, you have to update the macros. You have to say how much carbohydrate, fat, sugar, um, you know, saturated fat is in that spinach. But the nutrient content, you borrow from a 1941 soil lineage study. So you get the calcium, the magnesium, the iron that's supposedly in that leaf of spinach, you borrow that from an old study. This is before we had pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, preservatives. You know, when we first discovered preservatives, we called them what they are. When preservatives were first discovered, when we sliced apples in half and sprayed this preservative on an apple and it didn't turn brown, we called it an anti-digestive because that's what it did. It prevented digestion. But we realized that wasn't a good marketing plan, so we switched it to a preservative. I'd much Isn't rather- salt a preservative? Pardon? Isn't salt a preservative? Um, salt can be a preservative, but that's a natural preservative. Most preservatives are chemical-laden preservatives, right? So we spray fruits and vegetables with these preservatives. And, and basically, this is not this is preserving the vegetable, but it is not continuing its life, right? It's just like we preserve dead bodies with formaldehyde. They're dead. They're just preserved, right? Mm -hmm. So the point is that when we take a preservative, that is an anti-digestive. So the same process that causes an apple to turn brown and causes that benzoquinone, it's, it's called oxidation. Digestion is oxidation. If you prevent oxidation, you prevent digestion. So you believe that you're getting so much nutrient from eating this apple or this orange or this vegetable, but the mm -hmm. truth is it's preserved. So you now don't digest it. So now you don't absorb the nutrient content. And this is why chronic nutrient deficiencies lead to so much chronic disease. For the first time in a hundred years, life expectancy is going backwards. Yeah. Well, does it matter if it's organic versus like, is very, there a difference if you get organic foods? Very, very much so. We are not what we eat or what our food eats, right? So if it's vegetables and they're eating pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, and preservatives, or if it's cattle and they're eating high fructose corn syrup, antibiotics, and hormones, um, then you are not only ingesting those, but you're ingesting nutritionless meat, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's grass-fed and grass-finished, um, or if it's free-range chickens, not cage-free. Cage-free just means they take them out of the cage, still feed them a bunch of crap, yeah. um, but just not in the cage. Uh, so and then they kill them. <laughs> so the the um, you know cage-free um, antibiotic hormone-free meats, which are a little more expensive, and organic vegetables have significantly more nutrient absorption. They may have the same nutrients but you will absorb significantly more in organic. So um, I talk a lot about just whole organic foods, grass-fed meats, chicken, you know, avocados, coconut oils, olive oils, nuts. These things are amazing for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it seems like Gary's strategy to never go broke again is just be really passionate and know more than everyone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, it's, it, it is amazing. Like I, I really don't feel like I work a day in my life. I thought that was some nonsense poster you just put on your wall because you were supposed to say it, you know, find something you're passionate about and you never work a day in your life. But it's so true. Um, you know, last month I did 11 cities in 11 days. This month I did six cities in six days. Um, and I don't feel it at all. I mean, I have a couple hard and fast rules when I travel. I fast on airplanes. I only hydrate. I never miss a cold plunge. I did one right before I got on this podcast. Um, I never miss a cold plunge. I never miss a breathwork session. And I try mm -hmm. definitely not 
to this. So Gary, is, are you looking to get people to um, use the test? Are you looking for franchisees? Are you looking for everything right now? All of the above. I mean, passionate people about wellness is what we're after. You don't have to be a practitioner. You just have to want to change the face of humanity. You have to want to make an impact and you have to be interested in wellness and biohacking. Um, even if you don't have the quote unquote credentials, um, you know, we'll, we'll help you get into a franchise in your local market. Um, and then I would love for every human being on the planet to do the gene test once in their lifetime and find out what they're deficient in. You know, you have to use my supplements. You can use, mm -hmm. there are lots of great supplement brands. You just there. go on the website, sign up. Um, yeah, you can go to my Instagram at Gary Brecca. Um, and my link is right there. But even before you go to the link, you can watch all my videos. All I do is teach on Instagram. I mean, I get so much flack. It's astounding. I talk about the MTHFR gene mutation that gets censored, even though there's hordes of published clinical research on MTHFR and it's linked to ADD, ADHD, OCD, and depression. Um, you know, I get a lot of flack from the bro science community, but it's fact-based, evidence-based published research that you're welcome to click the links and read yourself. Um, you know, human beings are not thriving because we don't have the fuel to thrive not because we are affected by pathology and disease at the rate that we say we are. Um, and if we would just start by replacing the raw materials that human beings are deficient in, you would see astounding things happen to society. Nice. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, man. 10X Health System on Instagram or, or Gary Breck on Instagram. Check out his website too. I was looking at it. It's got all the stuff you can order there and yeah, it's got all the stuff you can order there, but I also do short videos just teaching. I talk about all of these conditions, everything from gut health to poor sleep to waking energy, the response to exercise, all of the big topics that people are looking for support on. Um, you know, I, I go in, in depth on those. Yeah. Is your, yeah. is your test covered by insurance? No, unfortunately, it's not. You know, how, it's how do we solve that problem? Talk to big, big pharma. Start <laughs> lobbying. We got to start lobbying. Yeah, we got to start lobbying. Um, I'll start a lobbying group if you guys want to, but we're up against. <laughs> I bet Grant Cardone would be good at that. Yeah, but it's six hundred bucks. You do the test once in your lifetime. Awesome. Well, sweet Gary, what do you? What's the awesome. rest of your day look like? Um. So, um, red light therapy. Um. Then I have a uh, patient coming in. I also do some compression gear. Um. You use that compression gear to drain lymphatic fluid. That's the mat, that PMF mat that I use for. Is that your? To, uh, that looks like his uh, superhero outfit. Yeah, and then I'm off to Dallas uh, for the event with Tony tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Good luck tomorrow. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.